Hey everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Beauchamp. I am here with Ken Mingus, the executive editor of Computer World. Today we're going to be talking about how tech companies are pitching in to help the COVID-19 fight. So stick around. All right, Ken, thank you so much for calling in. We've missed you. We are so, so happy that you are back. Uh, I'm back. Yeah, it's great <laughs> to see you, Julia. Thanks. I hope you're staying safe. Uh, greetings from an undisclosed location in North Carolina. <laughs> thank you. And I hope that you are staying safe as well. So we heard a lot, and I actually did a video about this with um, Matt Finnegan, who, of course, you are very well acquainted with. And we talked about how, you know, some collaboration tools have been aiding enterprises and giving them, you know, free licenses or cheaper licenses to help in this sort of transition to work from home. But that's really not the only way that tech companies are actually helping the, uh, this new transition that we're all experiencing. What can you tell us about how some tech companies are actually really helping, you know, hospitals, frontline workers? Yeah, it, it's really interesting. This is something that we've been tracking in computer world for a couple of weeks now. Uh, as the pandemic got worse, more and more companies were trying to figure out how they could help out. I mean, they wanted to help out, especially with healthcare workers on the front lines and with some of these uh, sort of instant hospitals that were springing up. So we've been sort of tracking what companies are doing. And it's interesting, it kind of breaks down into like infrastructure, things like uh, uh, companies that have been helping set up uh, internet communications and networking for some of these, like one of the hospital ships in LA. Um, things like analytics, because there's a lot of data floating around out there about what's going on with the pandemic, where it's popping up, who may or may not be uh, infected, and trying to track you know, where those people are going. And then, of course, there's always been the problem, the ongoing problem of getting uh, the, the personal protective equipment to people on the front lines. And so uh, there's been some efforts around there to try to be, either connect people with the, uh, with the equipment that they need, or even use 3D printing and modeling to try to actually design and build uh, some, of the, some of the pieces of hardware that the frontline workers need. It, it, it's really interesting to see every day we get um, releases and, and statements and announcements from companies. A lot of them are, as you say, offering like their software for free, which does help, obviously, if you're trying to get your remote workers up and running, um, and even with healthcare workers. Um, but it, especially for those on the front lines, I think this is where technology has really been able to sort of help out and, and to move pretty quickly to try to get uh, supplies where needed. Yeah, I think I heard maybe a, a few weeks, maybe by this time a month ago, who knows, the days kind of all seem to blend together. But I heard about, you know, potential whispers of 3D printing parts for ventilators, which are obviously so desperately needed. And it's a really interesting way to see, I mean, I know 3D printing has become really, really prominent in healthcare, but it's a really encouraging way to see that, you know, there's some a lot of great alternatives um, to, you know, instead of just these big manufacturing companies saying, okay, instead of making, you know, XYZ product, cars, and tables, chairs, whatever, we're going to shift to making ventilators. There's a real way for tech companies to help out. Is it both that, you know, they're 3D printing, but they're also providing, you know, um, examples or, I mean, stencils isn't the right word, but something like that, right? They're almost like the blueprints, yeah. Well, you know, when you think about it, um, big companies like uh, the car manufacturers and, and, and you know, that, that have all kinds of resources, it takes a while for them to tool up and to build something at scale. And so there are companies that are, it's almost like a grassroots effort, at least from what we've been able to see. 
Um, there was a company uh, this week, uh, it's called uh, BIM Object. It may be BIM Object. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing the company's name. They are a building information modeling firm. And what they've done is basically opened up their platform so that um, users can upload plans for equipment, like you were saying, you know, something like uh, 3D printing files for medical equipment. Um, this could be anything from masks to ventilator parts. You know, ventilators is obviously the shortage of ventilators is a big problem. And so it was just sort of interesting that they threw open the platform and said, you know, this is a place for you to upload your plans and then maybe others can take those plans and do the actual building process. It's, it's not going to be to scale like something like a, a major manufacturer could do. But again, every ventilator is potentially another life that might be saved. And so this sort of grassroots effort uh, from tech firms, I think, is, is, is really cool. You know, and, it, and I do believe it will help, at least at the margins, and we'll take everything we can get at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I would imagine that also there's going to be so, so much data that, you know, scientists, researchers, anyone, you know, data scientists um, in the healthcare industry are going to have to comb through continuously. I mean, I'm sure they've been combing through that data now to look at, you know, helpful patterns, what treatments worked, um, what types of people are being hospitalized or what types of people are being affected, those demographics. And are there any sort of data analytics tools that are also being offered to um, these, you know, frontline workers? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, uh, Domo has done a really good job. They've got their COVID-19 global tracker. Uh, that's been out uh, for two or three, several weeks now anyway. Um, but what they did recently was they were able to add uh, data down to the county level, at least in the United States. And I actually have this set as my home screen when I fire up my, if I fire up Chrome uh, on my computer, because basically it gives me in a very easy to understand visual format, uh, an idea of where the hot spots are, where things may be plateauing, where things are still uh, getting worse. And you can dig down and, and see, again, at the county level. So I'm, I'm here in North Carolina and I can look and see what's going on in Wake County. I can compare that to what's going on on the West Coast or up in New York. And it's done in a way that, you know, anybody, including me, I'm not a, a data anal analyst by any, any stretch of the imagination. But the way Domo puts the information together with graphs and, and, and real simple UI uh, makes it really easy. And I think that's, that's useful not only for people on the front line, but all of us, because we all want to kind of figure out, okay, where is this thing now? Where is it going? Uh, there's only so much you can absorb on TV, but if you're looking at it, you can kind of manipulate the data on your own computer. You can kind of draw your own conclusions as to, you know, where it's, where it's getting worse and where maybe if we're lucky things are getting better. So I, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the, the, the Domo uh, COVID-19 global tracker. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that you make such a great point. It's really helpful for not only, you know, our frontline workers who are hoping to predict when their hospitals are going to be, you know, just completely swamped with COVID-19 cases, but you're totally right. It's really helpful for, you know, the average person who's worried about their health, worried about the health of their families and wants to see how their area is doing, whether it's, you know, plateauing, hopefully getting worse, just to be able to, you know, mentally and physically prepare that it can be really useful information. I know it's useful for me. Yeah, well, you know, it's also interesting, and this this is something that just just popped into my email this morning, and I have not had a chance to look at it in depth. But uh, MIT researchers are, you know, well, let me back up. One of the things that's important is trying to figure out through testing uh, who may be infected, who may be asymptomatic, 
and most importantly, who have they been near? You know, so you can trace and track back and try to stop outbreaks before they get bad. And uh, I just saw something come over uh, an email from MIT saying that researchers there have developed a system that basically uh, allows your smartphone to help track where you've been, but can also preserve privacy. Because obviously that's a big issue right now. We need, you know, the competing things here between healthcare and privacy. People want to know, okay, is everybody around me safe? But you also want that sort of an anonymized because you don't really want governments completely tracking where everybody's going. That said, you need to be able to track where people have been if you're going to try to stop this this pandemic. So I want to look at this a little further, but it, you know, it certainly seems like uh, uh, MIT has something here that might be really useful going forward, especially because the world is increasingly mobile. Uh, virtually everybody has a mobile device. And if you could use that either through an app or, or however this would work um, to track where people have been, you can identify hotspots and then maybe snuff them out before they get back, you know? And so I'm really interested to see, I, I'm going to look at this a little further and I may include this in the, the next update for my story. That's really interesting. If there's, I think that would be a really great thing to, you know, to continue to discuss, that's a really great point. And to that end, it seems like a lot of tech companies, tech researchers, you know, MIT obviously is not just the university itself, but it has a lot of organizations within it that really help with, you know, data analytics research, really everything under the sun. So it's interesting to see how quickly tech companies have been able to pivot in many cases to make this sort of, and to make fighting um, the coronavirus their really number one priority, whether it's through giving these helpful tools to enterprises, you know, the VPNs, the collaboration tools of the world, or whether it's providing um, a cohesive data set. It's really interesting, but there's also the way that tech companies have been really digging into their supply chains to gather equipment, which is also, I mean, really helpful. There's only so much that, you know, you and I can do to gather masks for our frontline workers. But when you have a massive, massive tech company like Apple, I know that you mentioned, when they're digging into their supply chain to find masks, that can make a real impact. Yeah, it's interesting. That's something that uh, popped up this week. Uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook uh, was tweeting about it, actually tweeted out about a two or three minute video where he was talking about it. You know, he is Mr. Supply Chain when it comes to Apple, or at least that, that's been his reputation. And Apple has been been doing a lot of different things to try to, to help out with the pandemic. And this is something that he said that they had identified, I think, uh, 20 million uh, masks that could be used on the front lines. And they thought that, uh, hang on one second, I've got a call coming in, um, that they had identified 20 million masks. And uh, they were hoping to be able to like find and produce through their uh, supply chain a million masks a week, uh, certainly starting in the U.S. and then maybe moving to other countries outside the U.S. I think the, the first delivery went to uh, uh, Kaiser Hospital facilities uh, in Santa Clara. And again, you know, something we just had Johnny Evans, who writes about Apple for us at Computer World, noted that uh, Apple's even made tweaks to its Maps app so that people using Apple Maps have ready access to like uh, locations for healthcare facilities, uh, you know, places that they might need more than, you know, the local McDonald's. I mean, you can obviously still get information on local McDonald's, but uh, you know, if you're worried about healthcare and trying to figure out, you know, where the nearest emergency room is or something like that, um, just something as simple as tweaking uh, that Maps app can make a difference, you know? So lots of companies doing lots of things in a variety of directions. Uh, it's really interesting. And, and I think, as I mentioned uh, 
you know, we've been covering this for a couple of weeks on Computer World, and we continually update that story as different uh, initiatives roll out. So I would, I would, you know, urge people if you want to know what tech is doing to definitely come to Computer World and take a look at that story. Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely be linking that story in the description of this video on YouTube. So 100% if you want to see a more full and comprehensive list other than the examples that Ken and I have just mentioned, be sure to check that out. It's, it is encouraging to see how um, a lot of tech companies are really stepping up and really helping us. I mean, I know that there were original whispers of, you know, you can use this app to track your symptoms to see if you're at risk or whether it's worth it for you to call your doctor or get a test. And there's going to be, I have to imagine, a lot of interesting innovations just in, you know, the coming weeks um, as we, more of this, as the coronavirus becomes more widespread and hopefully, hopefully plateaus. Yeah, it's interesting. Just, just to, you know, before we, uh, before I go, I just, one of the things that's, that has come out is there's been a lot of effort to um, provide people with information on where the temporary testing facilities are. Uh, you know, and it's sort of a crowdsourced effort. So there are companies that have provided platforms. So uh, as these, you know, drive-through testing facilities pop up in New York or Florida or wherever, uh, and people, you know, maybe having symptoms or whatever, and they want to get tested, that's not information that's readily available. So by using these apps and crowdsourcing the information, companies are basically able to put into people's hands information about where they might go to get tested. Uh, so again, it's just, it's sort of this grassroots effort that everybody's trying to figure out, okay, this is what we do as a company. How can we take that and help out somehow, whether it's frontline workers, information for people, uh, producing devices, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a variety of things. And it, it, it's actually really reassuring to see. It's good, uh, you know, in this, in this very uh, divisive world we live in, it's good to see companies from all across the, the world uh, pitch in and help. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ken, for calling in. We really appreciate it. And like I mentioned, we'll be sure to link that frequently updated story down below so everyone can stay up to date on the latest um, things that companies have been doing. Thanks, Juliet. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll do this again soon. Yeah, absolutely. We have to. We miss you. <laughs> okay. I'm, I haven't gone far. I'm only as, I'm only as far as the nearest uh, screen. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. If you have any questions, comments, or maybe there's a tech company that we missed that's doing a really great initiative, please leave a comment below. Thanks again for watching, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.